Hey there, it's Melissa Brunetti, and welcome to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast. Hey there, Karma Crew. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Mind Your Own Karma, The Adoption Chronicles. Today I have Jenny Becknell on the show. She is a birth mother and adoptive mother. Let me tell you a little bit more about Jenny. She is a wife of 28 and a half years, a mother of six and a grandmother of five. She is a birth mother and adoptive parent. Last year, she and her husband adopted a boy who was 17 and her oldest is a 31 year old only daughter that she had an open adoption with. Jenny says the open door adoption with her daughter included face-to-face visits and that she was included and welcomed by the adoptive family for the first 18 years of her daughter's life. Because of her experience as a birth mother, she feels it's very important for the correct information to be given to girls who find themselves at a crossroads with what to do with an unexpected pregnancy. As an adoptive parent, she says that adoptive parents should know the truth about adoption and stresses how important it is for them to get the education and healing they need from the reasons they are seeking to adopt before they do so. Jenny says this is her story, her experiences, and her journey, and she is sharing this to help others. She realizes that in sharing her version, she'll be talking about others that may have a differing account of the events discussed in this episode, and that they have the right to their experience as well. Here is my interview with Jenny Becknell. We are welcoming Jenny Becknell to the show today. Hi, Jenny. Hi, how are you? I'm great. So I always love having people like you on the show because you're a birth mother and an adoptive parent. So there's always this combination that always makes for an interesting um, interview because you've got experiences from two different angles. So thanks for coming on the show today. Absolutely. So let's start um, by talking about your pregnancy and what were the circumstances of that? Uh, Okay. So I was, um, 18 years old, I was, I had gone away to college on a soccer scholarship. And um, at the time, I'm one of seven children, the second oldest of seven children. And at the time that I went away to college, my, at the time, 16 year old sister had just found out she was pregnant right before I left to go to school. And Strangely enough, I was going to a small college about an hour and a half away from where I grew up, and the father of her child was going to the same school that I was going to, and we didn't even know this ahead of time. Oh my gosh! And so, in in because of that, I went away to school, but I I didn't know anyone um, where I was going, Um, and so because of that, I did kind of like communicate with him because he was the father of my sister's child and they were still together kind of at the time we didn't really know that my sister was even dating anyone until we found out she was pregnant but um so in the midst of that I met um my my daughter's father um be through this person and so through through my niece's um biological father um and so there was a lot going on, obviously, at home um, with my parents, and they were really trying to influence my sister to um, have an adoption plan with her child because she was a junior in high school. And um, my sister was not interested in that at all. Like, she was very outspoken about it. Um, so that was kind of the beginning of it. And so I kind of came into this um, very naive 18-year-old um, thought process of, I will certainly never get pregnant. I mean, two people can't get pregnant in the same family at the same time. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. That was definitely something that went through my head. I do remember thinking that. Um, and so when I found out that I was pregnant, um, I was completely shocked. So anyway, I had been dating. I'd met, um, the guy that I was dating. I had dated him for, um, I don't know, six or seven, for some reason, I always said nine months. And now I'm looking back at the timing. And I'm like, I don't I think I was exaggerating the time a little bit. But um, so I guess it was like six or seven months, uh, he and I had been dating. Um, and I think it was around the nine month period where I actually found out I was pregnant. Um, and so 
um, he and I had just recently broken up before, right before I found out that I was pregnant. And um, so when I found out, of course, I told him, um, I called him and he came over and I shared it with him and he was so happy. Like he was like, this is great. We can do this. Like he had this whole plan um, that, you know, he would go to school during the day. I could go to school at night or vice versa. And I could work when he wasn't. And, and I was like, well, somewhere along the way, like we have to raise a baby too. Like we can't just both go to school and work and not take care of our child. And of course, in the back of my mind, you know, looking back now, I realized that in the back of my mind, I also had all of this information about what was going on with my sister and what my parents were telling her. And they were already telling her, like, you cannot bring your baby home. We are not going to raise your child. You are the parent. If you're going to do this, you're out of here. Like, this baby can't be here. So I already knew all of that. I didn't even have to have those conversations. Right. And so, um, so that was in my mind. And I just thought, you know, we had just broken up and I had a lot of like trust issues already at that age, just with relationships and men um, due to my childhood and kind of growing up. And, um, you know, I was not treated very well as a child from my, especially from my father. Um, He just had a really rough background and you know, I've come to a lot of peace with things in my life with my relationship with him, but he was, you know, he was an abusive man. And at the time, like that really affected me way more than I had realized that it did. And so I just didn't trust. I didn't trust anything that anyone said. I didn't believe that he would stay around and, um, you know, raise this child with me. So um, I ended up going, leaving school, um, at the end of that semester and going back to where I grew up and moving back in with my parents, shared the news with them. And um, I don't remember a lot of what happened in between, but somewhere along the way, about a month or so before my daughter was born on October the 10th, sometime in September, Um, I made the decision to like, I actually met her, her parents, her, you know, the, the people that were going to adopt her. Um, so I didn't even realize that till I was reading a notebook because I left, I kept a whole notebook for her the whole time I was pregnant with her, um, writing her notes and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just read it the other day and realized it was only a month before she was born that I had even met them, which is crazy to me. Um, But anyway, so um, ultimately, I made that decision, um, and her birth father was supportive of it. He was not, like, he didn't fight me on it. Like, he knew what the decision was. He wasn't really available to me a lot during my pregnancy once I moved back um, home. He didn't really contact me a whole lot. We didn't talk. we were both young. I, I don't blame him. He and I have a wonderful relationship still to this day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've, we've healed like any, like we just get along great. We always have gotten along really well. Um, and so there's no anger. We talk, we communicate. We still have conversations to this day about the decision that um, I always said the decision I made just recently. He was like, Hey, you didn't make that on your own. Like we made this decision together and um, I have, you know, cause I was apologizing to him for mm-hmm. taking the opportunity away from him to, you know, be a parent to her. And um, he said, you don't need to apologize to me. Like, so anyway, there's just a lot of peace there. Um, and, and he's very um, protective of my feelings and he cares a lot about just making sure that, um, I know that this wasn't something I just did by myself and that um, he has, you know, he has his part in it too. Yeah. Um, and he has a relationship with our daughter as well um, to this day. So anyway, um, help me narrow down Yeah. because I'm good. <laughs> sticking to, yeah. Well, I want to go back to when you told your parents, like, okay. You, when you told them, were you already like, I'm, I'm putting her up for adoption. So don't, you know, or like, did you already have that plan in place? So when you told them, do you remember what their reaction was? 
I don't really remember, but I kind of feel like I did have a plan because I don't remember their reaction. I remember that it was a phone call. I was with two of my friends. I do remember that, that I called them on the phone and told them. And I remember just wanting to say it and hang up. Like I didn't want their reaction. I didn't. um, But I don't remember when I started thinking about adoption, but I think I started thinking about it pretty quickly. Um, Just based on like, I had no job. I had no, I was away at school. I had nowhere to live. Like, yeah, what like was you I said, gonna... your sister's whole predicament kind of, yes. you know, kind of helped steer that too, I'm sure. So, um, so no support from the family then. And it kind of sounded like you had already kind of made the plan, but you did, um, an open adoption. Yes. And so how does that, how did that work? Did you go through an agency? Did yes. I have... a bunch of pictures I... of people. Like, well, how does that process look? What does it look like? Yes, I went through um, Catholic Charities. Um, It was Catholic Social Services at the time. Um, I was going to counseling there um, during my pregnancy. I was seeing a counselor. um, And then I was going to like different classes where birth mothers would talk and uh, adoptive parents would come in and talk. I remember I did a couple of those things before and after she was born. Um, But I was going to counseling there. And at some point during that counseling is kind of when I... I guess, made that decision that that's what I was planning on doing, what I was planning on doing. Um, Yeah. Is that, was that your question? Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) were you able to pick the parents then? Like, yes. Okay. Um, I don't remember how many books I looked at. I do remember that I looked at her parents' book. I don't remember if they were the first only remember if there was 20. I don't remember Mm -hmm. that at all. Um, I have a lot of memory loss. I really, I like, I really do. Like, I just, I, I think I was just protecting myself. I don't know. It's, it's been like that my whole life. Yeah. I don't remember the first 12 years of my life. And then I just, there's like pieces that I just don't remember. Like I said, even just recently going through and, and reading and looking at some of the things that I had kept for her. I'm like, wow, I, I walked her down the aisle when she got baptized mm. with her parents Wow. Don't have any memory of that at all. Oh my gosh. So yeah. anyway, just little things like that. Um, I was just going to say the big things. It's like the bigger things. It's like you would, you're not, you know, remembering. I have that too a little bit, <laughs> but yeah. how are you feeling during your pregnancy? I mean, I guess maybe knowing that it was going to be an open adoption, it was a little bit easier. I don't know. Like, how are you feeling? Yeah, like I remember when I, I remember the first time I met her parents and I just was very comforted by them. I remember being very comforted by the book that I was looking at and the family because my daughter's biracial. And so I was very comforted by the, just the pictures and that they had um, friends that, you know, had adopted children also, which I didn't know a lot about adoption at all. I didn't know anyone who was adopted growing up or anything like that. Um, But I was just comforted by them having people in this booklet that were of different cultures and and they had also had adopted another little girl who was four at the time and she they had adopted her from Korea Mm -hmm. so I was really excited that she was going to have a sibling because I grew up with such a big family Um, and then I also um, just you know real I don't know felt really drawn to them they were very educated intelligent people um her mom is is so comforting and she's so calm I grew up with this big family and it was chaotic and loud all the time and she was so peaceful when she spoke and just she was calming to my heart in so many ways um I was madly in love with my baby the whole time I was pregnant. Um, I would read books to her. I would sing to her. I constantly had my hands on my belly um, talking to her. Oh, it was the greatest experience. Like I adored this baby Um, and I just wanted what was best for her. That's all I wanted. And I was told by everyone around me that it was, you know, that it was to place her for adoption and to give her a family that could give her experiences that I couldn't. 
Um, I wanted her to be raised in a two-parent family. I didn't want her to have to go back and forth an hour and a half each way to see her father, um, even though I knew he was such a cool, like fun guy that I knew that he would be a good father yeah. if he chose to do that. Um, cause he was a good guy. He's super funny, super fun. Um, but I didn't know how reliable he was going to be because he wasn't up to that point, an extremely reliable guy. So he just, cause he said something didn't mean he really followed through with it, even though mostly everything he said sounded really great. Yeah. The follow through was what I was kind of more concerned right. about. Right. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of where it all started with, you know, as far as her, her family goes and, um, and I so decided that I wanted with, to, were she, were they there when you gave birth, the birth, uh, the adoptive parents? Yes. Yeah. So I wanted her mom to be in the room with me, um, because I wanted her to be able to experience her child being born. Mm. And I knew like she didn't get to have that experience um, with her oldest daughter. And so I wanted her to, to have that. Um, and so I asked her to be in the room with me. I didn't want her dad to be in the room with me because that just felt weird yeah. to me. Um, but I did want her mom in there. Um, but I did hold her first and um, just adored her. She was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen in my life. And um it was overwhelming. Um, but then I wanted to share that with, you know, her mom, I wanted her mom to be the second person to hold her. And so, um, she was there. Um, my mom was in the room and, and my best friend and my, she was my support system at the time. Um, she was also in the room with me, uh, when she was born. So I had, you know, yeah. supportive people there as well. Um, a lot of dynamics had, going on in that room. I did. Yeah. And I had, I was reading like all of these visitors. Like I had all of my sisters came in, my dad, I had friends, I had ex-boyfriends come and visit me in laws. I mean, literally everyone under the sun came into the room either right before or after she was born. Cause I had a very long labor with her. So, um, yeah, but she was there. And, um, so that part of it was, was nice. And then her, even her grandma, um, her mom's mom was able to come to the hospital and visit. Um, there was a little bit of a complication with, they had told me that she was going to have to go to a foster home. And oh, I guess wow. they must've told me that during counseling, but I didn't remember that. And so when they said, oh, well, the foster family is going to come visit today. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Yeah. There's no, that's not happening. And so there was a little bit of a freak out moment, I think, behind the scenes. They weren't really sharing it with me at the time, but um, where I was like, no, 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 this is not, my daughter is not going home with anyone else, but either me or her mom. Like, Did they explain her, why? They um, because they weren't, they weren't, um, they weren't foster parents. So I guess there was a, a period of time from when I had her until it was a fish, she was officially adopted that she had to be in a foster home. That's so weird. So, yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, most of us, we we've talked about that because I was in a foster home for a while just because my mom was trying to decide what she was going to do, but there's other adoptees that have had that same thing where, you know, two weeks, four weeks, six weeks for no real reason that we can figure out, um, why we were put there. So I was just wondering if they gave you like a reason for why, I mean, especially since you already had people picked out, like what was the delay, you know? Cause I mean, we always yeah, kind of wonder the that. Only, we... The only thing that I can think is there must be some period of time because even I know with my son that I adopted, um, we knew that we wanted to adopt him, but we had to become foster parents first before we could adopt him mm -hmm. if we wanted him to be in our home. Okay. And we did. So we had to become foster parents so that he could be with us before the adoption was final. So I guess it was the same kind of situation, but they were able to really expedite it and speed it up. I don't know what they did. Behind so did the your seats. daughter go to the foster family? No, she did okay. not. She went, okay. she ended up going home with her parents. And so I don't know what they did. She, they did yeah. something. 
<laughs> they How did many some days shuffling. old was she when she when she went with them? Um, she went home straight from the hospital with them. Okay. So we ended up, yeah, we ended up leaving the hospital and um we did this as the Catholic Charities did this adoption ritual where um I said I don't know. There was, it was a paper that I had and it was like the birth mother says this to the adoptive parents and the adoptive parents say this back. It's kind of this, um, giving your child, you know, and trusting them with her and trusting them to love her and trusting, you know, all of that kind of thing is kind of what I remember. Um, and then they did like, I don't know, like a, maybe a blessing or something like that over me. That's kind of what I'm remembering. Um, but then our adoption was so open that I left the hospital with my mom in a car right behind them in their car with our daughter. And so they drove in their car and I drove in my car and we went to her house. Like I oh. went straight to their house. Wow. And um, I was there for a few hours before I left. Um, and then I was there every single day I have a journal that I was keeping all of this stuff. I just recently pulled out and re- reread. And, um, I was there every single day for like the first 10 days of her life. I went from my house to her house every day. And then after that, it was like three times a week or four times a week. Um, and that was for like four or five months. And then it would go to once a week and then it would be kind of sporadic. There was no like, paper that we ever signed saying anything there was nothing signed um that I remember signing but it was just like a mutual agreement on how this was going to go and how open it was going to be and um it wasn't until strangely until around her 18th birthday that it hit me that I had never even realized that that was all because of her parents that I was able to have, you know, so much um, contact with her. Like I never realized until I heard a few other people's stories about how they would just stop talking. And sometimes it was because of the birth parents, Um, the birth mothers just couldn't do it anymore. And they would stop, um, you know, contacting, the family, they would just stop showing up. And sometimes the, you know, adoptive parents would say, we're not doing this anymore. This is the end of this. Yeah. I hear that uh, a lot. Yeah. And so, um, the way it was explained to me at, during at Catholic charities, during the counseling that I received was that it was more the birth mothers that ended the relationship than the Mm -hmm. adoptive parents. Really? So, um, I don't, that's what, what I was told. Um, and I knew that that was never going to happen for me. Like I, I never felt like I had enough. Like I never felt like I had enough. And I think that's part of like what happens during that relationship is you don't say things that you might be thinking that aren't always positive because that those people are the ones that are allowing me to have that relationship with her. And if I say anything wrong, if I do anything wrong, um, they could just say, we're done. You're, you're not doing this. So it was in the back of my mind that that could happen because I do know that there was a lot of times where I would think like, this feels a little con- like controlling, you know, like I'm, I would ask, you know, I would want to see her. And it was, it felt like at a certain point that it was like, I was only allowed to have like two hours. Like if we were going to be doing something and it might take longer Mm. than two hours that she was like, well, no, we need to pick her up at seven when we, they drop her off at five or something like that. And um, And that was after, I mean, she wasn't, that was that before she was 18 or after that was before. Okay. Yeah. Like when she was younger, she would come like the, it was a very open adoption. So I would go to their house all the time. Um, they would, she would come to my house. She would spend the night with me. Her sister would wow. come. Her sister would spend the night with me sometimes. I don't think her sister spend the night with me a whole lot. Um, maybe once or twice, but she did come over mm-hmm. and their friends would come with them sometimes. Um, 
I was a daycare, a director of a daycare. I own my own daycare. My life is children. I love children. So um, that's always been my thing. I have an early childhood education degree. And so um, that's just always where I'm happy and peaceful is when I'm with kids. So um, do you think grand, that they were, um, were they scared that maybe like when you took her, you were bringing her back or something? Well, I mean, they let you spend her spend the night with you. So that couldn't be it. Why do you think they were like starting to kind of control the time? And I don't know, because the one thing I don't know, I mean, I shared all of my thoughts and feelings with them. I don't know. Was she crying when she, we would like, what was she asking them questions that I don't know if she was asking them questions. I don't know yeah. if, you know, what was happening at home. Like they, she would tell her mom would tell me sometimes like we did. I do remember at one point, and I don't know how old she was where every single time her mom would come to my house to pick her up. Anna was really angry and mad at her when they would leave. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember exactly how old she was when that happened. Um, maybe eight, nine, 10, 11 ish, maybe. Um, but I do remember talking to my counselor again from when she was really young and we had, you know, her, her mom also had a relationship with my counselor. And so the three of us talked and came up with a plan that it would be best for me to take her home instead of have her mom come and pick her up because I would be leaving her instead of her leaving me. And that maybe that would make it easier for her. And so there was definitely things that were going on, you know, for sweet little Anna that I just didn't know about. And I'm sure there's more that I didn't know about than what, you know, they ever talked to me about. I was an open book about my feelings um, to a certain degree. Um, You know, I didn't ever really tell anybody that I dreamed every day about being her only mother. Like no Mm -hmm. one knew I was thinking that. I didn't share that with anybody, nobody. Yeah. I was all in my head. I mean, I lived, you know, a fantasy world of, you know, being her own, being her mom and her mom, not being her mom. I was so jealous of her mom that she got to, you know, see every little thing that she did, but her mom was so good to me, Melissa. I mean, she was so good to me. Even when, when Anna was little, Um, and she was first learning how to crawl and her first tooth popped in and her first word and, you know, saying dada, saying mama, like all of those things, crawling, walking, taking her first steps, pulling herself up on a table, whatever it was, all of those things. She would wait until I was there. I picked up on it at some point, <laughs> but she would wait till I was there and allowed me to believe that that was the first time she did it. Oh, wow. And like, she was just such an amazing blessing to me. Like she was such an amazing woman. She was so calm. She showed me that, you know, you could spill milk and not get screamed and yelled at and, you know, told how stupid you are that, when you spill your milk, you can just say, oh, look what happened. Your milk spilled all over the floor. Now we have to clean it up. Yeah. Who's going to clean it up? Are you going to get a rag or am I going to help? You know, like she was so good. She was so good. And I learned so much just watching her parent, Anna and her sister. And um, it was a beautiful relationship. It was beautiful. And um, I still missed my baby every day. I still dreamed about being her mother. I still, my heart ached all the time. Um, But I enjoyed and I cherished, you know, every, every moment that I had with her. Yeah. So you kind of alluded that when she turned 18, that the relationship kind of changed between you and the adoptive parents. Um, What, what, happened there? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know it was, um, when she turned 18, I remember it being a complete trauma moment for me all over again. 
Like it was hard. It was hard, hard. Um, I remember it was so like obvious to me that like now she was going to have the option of having a relationship with me without it being facilitated by her mom. Um, and so it was like scary. Like what if she chooses to not have me around? What if, yeah. and I remember having a conversation with her mom and saying that I remember having that conversation. Like, what if she, what if she doesn't want me? And I never really felt like that. I mean, she and I are so much alike and we're so close that I didn't really believe that, but it was scary. Um, and I remember talking to her and saying like, what if she decides she doesn't want to have a relationship with me. And um, I had made a video for her, a big, long video with all these beautiful songs um, about her life with her birth father and I. And so it was just like her birth family story. It wasn't about her adoptive family. And I shared that video her mom never said wow that was beautiful like it took me like hours hours like I don't even know weeks yeah. months yeah. To, <laughs> to get that prepared um she didn't have anything to say about it I don't think she liked that video mm -hmm. um it, after that is when things started to come out like you didn't you know you didn't do the work you didn't you didn't do the work for her. So I don't know if that video made her think that I was like disillusioned that like her birth father and I were her family only like they weren't included because they weren't included in the video it was it was all store pictures of all of us together mm -hmm. of her with us the times yeah. that she was with me and um, you know the pictures she wrote me and um, pictures of her birth father and I together because we would we're both really corny people and so when we would be together which we would get together even before she was um, before she met him at five he and I would get together and do photo shoots so that oh. she could have that oh, nice. um, we were just goofy and and all the pictures are silly we're always silly when we're together and um, and so in so that all there was all those pictures and then anytime we were together we would get a picture of the three of us and so um and we did that for her 18th birthday that we spent the day together for her 18th birthday um so I don't know I mean there's a lot there's a lot I wish I knew yeah you could speculate I, on some things but uh, yeah you can go yeah. all over the place trying to figure it out but um yeah. I don't what's your really relationship know. now with your daughter we're very close. She has two children, my grandchildren, they call me Nana, um, which I was, you know, that was one of the things that I, I really loved that, you know, at a certain point, like the, I mean, at what point is an open adoption over? <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of weird. Right. Like, I don't have an open adoption plan with my daughter anymore. She's just my daughter and we have a relationship and. What um, does she call you? She calls me Jenny. Um, and she'll probably always call me Jenny. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not really okay with that, but I have to be, <laughs> right. I know that it's a respectful thing. I know that, I mean, she calls me mom sometimes. She'll definitely, you know, like when she's talking to my other, my children, my sons, um, and she's here, you know, she'll say, go ask mom if blah, 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 you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and she'll introduce me sometimes, like I was on the phone with her last night and her friends, some of her friends were at the house and um, she was like, this is my mama. My mama's on the phone. This is my birth mother. You know, like she'll say things like that. Um, but it, on a general everyday basis, she calls me Jenny. Yeah. Um, so what do you wish your daughter knew? Um. I wish that she knew, which I think she does. I think that she knows how much I love her. Um, I think I, I wish that she knew how valuable she was, uh, how worthy she is. I, um, I hope she knows that I love her for exactly who she is. Um, I hope that she knows that she doesn't owe anything to me. Um, she doesn't owe anything to her mother. Um, 
she didn't ask for this. This was not her choice. And I don't feel like she should have to um, be responsible for the decisions that I made, regardless of what my reasons were. Um, the pain that she has from me making the decision that I made to not parent her, um, that's, she has a right to be angry with me. Um, if that's what she wants to do, she has a right to have a relationship with me or not. And the same with her, her parents, like she doesn't owe them anything. She doesn't, um, you know, we, we both have our own separate roles in her life and we're both valuable to her and she has a right to love both of us. She has a right to, she has two sets of parents and that's just the way that it is. And, um, that should be respected all the way around, you know, on, on our end, on her end, on her parents end, you know, like everyone should understand that these were choices that were made. We made choices. I made a choice to place my child for adoption, whether I was incorrect with some of the information I had, whether I understood the primal wound, which I did not. If I did, I would have made a totally different decision. But that doesn't mean that I don't still think that she has wonderful, fantastic parents that are that she would never not want in her life. Um, but she just she doesn't need to be grateful for other people's choices. She doesn't yeah. need to be grateful to me. She doesn't need to be grateful to them. Um, you know, her adoptive parents' choices to adopt somebody else's child to be their child regardless of the intention that they had when we made those decisions, she doesn't owe those things to, she doesn't owe us anything, right. I guess is the big thing. And that she, I want her to just embrace who she is um, and to be able to be free from feeling like she's supposed to do this or do that. You know, yeah. that I just wish I could release that for her because I know that she feels that obligation Um because she loves her parents so much. And, and, uh, and I give her, I want her to have that, you know, I want her to have that freedom. I, yeah. What do you, is there anything that you wish her adoptive mom knew? Um, I wish that she knew that I love her and that regardless of the differences that we might have, that, um, I would choose to have a relationship with her over focusing on the differences that we have. Mm -hmm. um, I am completely, I am grateful to her for allowing me to be part of Anna's life as much as I was. Um, I love her. I miss her. She was a huge influence in my life. Um, she had the most precious gift that I've ever been given besides my other children, of course. Um, and I miss her. I miss her a lot. I miss our conversations. I miss the peace that she always brought to me. Um, yeah. And she was a absolutely fantastic mother. She's a fantastic grandmother to our grandchildren. Um, I know that she loves them so much and I do too. And that's okay. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's like, this could have been a much different story. I still don't think our story is over and I'm still looking forward to it changing again. Yeah. It's a good outlook. I want to switch gears a little bit because you adopted a teenage boy. Um, so tell us about those circumstances. How did that come about? So um, that happened because um, my sister, the same sister that I was talking about earlier, um, she ended up parenting her daughter. Um, my parents did end up letting her daughter live at their house with them for a while. Um, she had a lot of support by all of her siblings, her parents. Um, 
And so she did raise her and um, she was a single mother her whole life. The, her father was not part of her life at all. Um, but she decided once her daughter, our daughters are 31 years old. Our daughters are six months apart. Um, so they're older now and her, her daughter's married and has children. And she decided that she wanted to um foster to adopt a group of a sibling group because mm -hmm. um, my father our dad was in foster care when he was younger mm -hmm. um, and he was split from his siblings and so she wanted to help in that situation and keep sibling groups together and she knew um, that older children were harder to um, find families and so that's where it started off with her and because of the situation she decided she was going to the foster, um, I guess, whoever, she, whatever agency she was going through, decided they were going to start with the youngest child and then add the next one and add the next one because there was a lot of behavioral issues and problems. Mm -hmm. And it seemed that yeah. the more they were together, <laughs> the more, the more problems there were. And so that's kind of how it started. Well, it only lasted a few months. And my sister was like, I can't do this. Yeah. And in the meantime, my family had, had met him and we loved him. And he was like such a, I'm a very affectionate, I don't know if you can tell this, <laughs> but I'm a very affectionate person and um, a goo goo gaga kind of girl. And um, that's what he needed. He was 15, but that's what he needed. And my sister is not like that at all. Very, very opposite. We are very opposite of each other. Um, and so she recognized that and he just thrived when he was with us. And I have a son that's six days younger than him. So they were buds, like they got along really well. Oh, yeah. And so my husband and I just talked about it. And my sister was like, I don't think I can do this. I think I'm going to have to send him back to the group home. And my sister, my husband and I were like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, I was super excited that my husband was on board with it because it was not anything we had ever discussed. Yeah. I've always wanted to do foster parenting um, because I always wanted to take care of children while their families got their lives together. And so I was super excited about being part of that at any point in my life, but my husband was never really on board with me. And so he had fallen in love with him too. And so my husband was like, oh, we're, you know, we'll do whatever we need to do. So that's kind of how it started. And so um, we became foster parents and uh, we live in Savannah, Georgia, and he was from Alabama. So we were driving four hours mm. back and forth because we wanted him to be with us as much as he could. But while we were doing the classes, he could only be here for so long before he had to go back. So um that's kind of how that all took place. And, um, did your sister keep his siblings? No, she never even got them. Oh, she didn't. That's, okay. Yeah. So that was kind of how it started. How the breakdown happened was the very first time she took him to go visit his brother. She was like, Oh, like immediately she was like, I can't not gonna do work. this. Yeah. 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 It's not definitely not going to work. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the whole breakdown, it just kept, I, we were encouraging her and trying to be there, but it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Did becoming an adoptive parent change how you looked at your daughter's adoption at all? Um, no, I think being a birth mother has been the reason that I view things with him the way that I do. Mm. Um. I hope my, my hope is that that is a benefit to him. Um, because I have told him like, your mom is your mom. We aren't calling her anything, but your mom, we don't need to say she's your birth mom. She's your mom. Yeah. And I'm your mom. Like yeah. we're, and, um, I want him to have a relationship with his siblings and I don't want to be in the middle of it. Um, I said, you know, you're, you're going to have really tough relationships. You're going to hear a lot of crap. You're going to hear things in your life that um, have happened to you that are going to be really devastating. And that's just life. And when you go through that, I will be here to be your support system. I will help you find your birth father because he doesn't know who his father is. I will do anything I can to support you. Um, 
any, I can't promise you it's going to be easy. In fact, I can promise you it won't be easy, but I can promise that I'm right here for you. And like, whatever you go through, as long as you'll have me by your side, I'll be there. And as long as you'll, you want to be part of this family, we want you as part of our family. And if you ever want to dip, <laughs> I guess you have that option too. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, really like I talk to him, I dream with him about things. I'll say like, oh, do you think that your, do you think that your birth mom's as tall as you are? Do you think her eyes are as pretty as yours? Do you? Um, he doesn't know his birth mother. Not really. He doesn't remember a lot about her. He knows yeah. her. Um, they're friends on Facebook. Okay. Um, but there's not a lot, there's not a lot of substance um, yeah. right now. Um, I look forward to that happening, but he's not real sure. I think it's the rejection thing. Like, I think he's kind of in that place where he's afraid. I'm trying to encourage him to do things he's not ready for yet. And um, like, he's going to be graduating from high school a year early, which is crazy yeah. for a child who's been through what he's been through. And I told him like, you can invite your birth mom. She can stay at our house. And um, I don't call, I don't say your birth mom. I say your mom. Right. Um, she could stay here and she could go to your graduation. And he's like, <laughs> uh, I don't think so. But I don't know if it's so much that he doesn't want her to. I feel like it's more that he's afraid she won't come. Yeah. Could and be. so he would rather it sound like he's saying no than being yeah. hurt by her not coming. Mm -hmm. And I ask him that. But it's. Yeah, he may not even realize he's doing that. He you doesn't. Know? I think yeah. I'm like way ahead of the yeah. thought process. Like I, I know all of the things that he's going to go through and what he's going to eventually is going to happen with him. Um, and so I try to not yeah. go too overboard with it. It was hard because I want him to like know all these things, but um, he's definitely um calm down a lot he's gotten rid of a lot of anger I think you know I I asked him one time about so I, we we do these questions I have this little card thing that I got from I think I don't know it was an adoption place um and it talks about like it, it'll ask you to like do cards like mm -hmm. ask each other questions and um I asked him something about what it's like to be you know for me to be his his mom and he just said, the best thing is, is that when he's with me, he's always, he always feels safe. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's probably the best thing you could say, you know, right? like wow. he just, you know, that he feels safe, but yeah, he's, um, he's a super, Sounds I mean, all like by it. himself. Like it's not, it is not because of anything that we have done. He was just that way. Yeah. Like he's got such a great attitude and, um, yeah. So he's a neat, he's a neat guy. So have you faced any challenges with him? And, oh yeah. Like adopting him? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like normal yeah. teenage stuff or do you think his, you know, the adoption had anything to do with that or being, you know. Definitely. Yeah. He, he definitely, he doesn't like to be told that he's doing something wrong. He gets very frustrated. Um, and so I've had to like try to, f and making decisions like, do you want pork chops or steak for dinner? I don't know. What do you want? Mm. Well, I'm asking you what you want. And so that was, that's definitely like making decisions on his own is, was really, really hard. He's, he knows like we set a goal, like this is what we're going to be working on. So if you get to a point where you're really getting, cause he will get to a point where he was really frustrated. Cause I was trying to say, there's no wrong answer, honey. There's no wrong answer. Pork chops or steak. Yeah. He couldn't, he, he would not. Yeah. And I would keep pork chops or steak. And then he would, he would like get angry. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm pushing this too much. And so then I was, I, I finally said, if it's to the point where you really don't want to make the decision, just let me know, like, mom, I really need you to decide this for me. Yeah. Because he was starting to get, I was right. trying too hard. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's good that you noticed that though, you know, right. That you can notice that in him. What do you hope your adopted son gets from you and your family? 
just a family. I just want him, I want him to have love. I want him to just be able to be uh, who he is and figure that out. Like, I just want to be a support system for him. Um, I wrote down a couple of things that I wanted. I, I hope that he sees how much I want peace for him. I hope he feels seen and heard and loved and valued. I hope he feels safe and that he can share any thoughts of and feelings with me that he has, whether they're good, they're bad, they're ugly, they're hurtful. Um, I just want him to know the truth about everything in his life, whatever that is. I will help him seek that out, um, that we're here for him forever if he'll allow us to. Uh, we'll walk beside him. We'll encourage him along this discovery of himself. Uh, we'll provide a safe, open-minded space for him that we're going to honor his roots, his family, um, that we love him. And we're really super thankful that he's in our lives. Mm. That's what I hope he, I hope he always knows that. Yeah. What so, advice would you give adopted parents, adoptive parents? Um, I really think for everybody, it's just to like, do the research. Like it's, it's not about like, it is actually okay for people to want to have something and not ever get it. It's okay for you to want to have children, but never be able to have children. And I think some people just need to accept that you're, you're, you may not ever be a mom. You may not ever be a dad. You can be a really great aunt, uncle, support system for somebody else. If you're not willing to put the needs of the child first. So if you want to adopt and you can, and you're doing that for the right reasons, you're actually doing that to provide a safe, healthy home for a child who would not have had that otherwise. I think that, um, that's really great. I, but I also think that just because we want something, I mean, I'd love to be really skinny but unless I have surgery or just stop eating or, <laughs> or exercise, <laughs> I, I, there's sacrifices I have to make to get that, you know? And right. so, yeah, I think that's a big thing that I, I just think it's really, really important for us to remember and to know um, this child like came from somewhere. And yeah. um, I would say they shouldn't have a job. <laughs> Your baby exactly. shouldn't have a job as soon as they're, they come into the family, you know, they shouldn't be Absolutely. a bandaid. Yeah, definitely. What advice would you give, um, birth mothers contemplating adoption? Parent your baby. <laughs> um, I wish that things could be different. I, I, ju I do. I wish that things could be different with the way that things worked. One of the things that was so sh crazy shocking to me when we did go to adopt our son is that there was money that we were going to be getting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, we're okay. We don't need that money. And they said, Oh, well, you'll get the money whether you need it or not. I'm like, we'll give it to somebody else who needs it. And they were like, you, you'll get it. You have to, yeah. You can, you can do it with it, whatever you want, but you guys will get it. And I looked at that first check that I got and I thought, what in the heck? is this like my, if I would have gotten something like this when I, when Anna was a baby, like that would have helped me be able to take care of her. Like that was my thing. Like I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know how I was going to do it. And, and then I thought about my son and his, his grandfather had them for a while. He couldn't do it because he couldn't afford it. There was five kids. He couldn't afford to take care of those kids and go to work and make sure they were at school and had a roof over their head and the electric bill was paid. And I thought if his grandfather would have gotten a check like this for all those kids, he wouldn't have even had to go to work. He could have just, you know, it just, it was heartbreaking when yeah. I realized that. And so anyway, I just think that it's all about doing the work and, and, and putting the child like really putting the child first, like we need to figure out what is the best interest of the child and are we on the same path to doing that? Yeah. What is the best interest and in knowing the primal wound, like read that book 
before you make a decision to play. If I would have known the things that were happening and my precious little baby from being stolen from her mother and like, where am I? And who, and then, I mean, I, was it confusing for her that I was there and then I was gone and then, then she, oh, I can smell her again. And oh, there's that heartbeat. Now it's gone again. And then the next day, oh, there's the heartbeat. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. But um, I mean, I imagine that having me around had to have helped a little bit, but I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So I think it's just um, making sure that we always put the interest of the child first. But don't you think that is the narrative that's out there is like, think about your baby. Like you said, we want to, you don't, you want her to have two parents and this and that. It's like, we're not asking the right questions. I don't think, you know? Yeah. Because my sister raised, she was 16 years old and she raised my niece by herself, of course, with the support of her family. She didn't do it by herself, but my sister graduated from college. My niece is extremely successful. She's got a great marriage. She's got three beautiful children. She, by all accounts, when you look at her life, she did not go through, remotely go through what my daughter has gone through. And my daughter had two amazing, loving parents, sets of parents. Yeah. I mean, that girl is loved, like crazy loved. But yeah, Yeah. if you were to see statistically all the things that they've gone through, it's pretty mind-blowing the differences wow so jenny thank you so much for coming on today and you said a lot of things that um i always want to (laughs) say and you said it so eloquently and um i love that you have the perspectives that you have too and just melding those together and um because of that having the wisdom that you have to be able to see things differently um yeah, just thanks so much for coming on and telling your story and being brave and open Absolutely. and honest. <laughs> yes, and thank you. Thank you for what you do. Like I have learned so much um honestly just by listening to adoptee stories on so many different podcasts. Like I am a huge believer that there is never going to be too many podcasts about this <laughs> because everyone finds their, you know, there's I connect so much. It's crazy how much I connect to when I hear adoptees talking. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, so I just, you know, I I truly appreciate your your just your, your whole entire podcast, what you do, and allowing all of the voices to come together is super important. Yes. Um, it's yeah, it's been e- I've I've actually gotten into talking more because of being an adoptive parent um because being a birth mother I just I just wanted to stay under a rock I didn't really ever get into talking to other birth mothers and now I do some zoom calls with birth moms and um it's been so nice it's been way better than I expected it to be so I've met some really great friends through it so yeah that's awesome yeah and hopefully this will get out there and, you know, more birth mothers will come forward. Um, cause I've just realized that it's just a huge, huge part of the entire story that needs to be told. So yeah. So thanks for telling your story and giving permission for other birth mothers to come tell their story as well. So thanks. I'm just amazed at this story and Jenny's insights. And it's just interesting to hear that even though this was an open adoption and she got to see her daughter, that it was still traumatizing and she still had regrets and how she still saw that the primal wound um, that her daughter had, even though she was in her life quite a bit. And then I loved how she brought up the foster care system and the money that she was receiving from the foster care system and how if this child's family and grandfather or mother was receiving those checks that maybe these kids could have stayed with their family. Just blows my mind. Thanks, Jenny, for coming on and being so vulnerable and telling your story. Don't forget, if you're struggling with adoption trauma or just feeling stuck in life, 
go to somatichealingjourneys.com and look up SMGI and see if you think it might be a good fit for you. Get in touch with me. Also, if you want to tell your story on the podcast, send me an email at mindyourownkarma at gmail.com. As always, take what you need and leave what you don't. And always remember to mind your own karma. I'll see you next time.